Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, friends, thanks for joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast, where we get together a couple times per week and give you ideas, insights, information, and a little bit of inspiration you can use to create a life and business by choice. Hey, I got a great session for us today. We're sitting down with Nicole Hahn. You don't know Nicole, but she actually helps me with my business. She has a media background. So what's cool is you're going to get media training, and you're going to learn how to use the media within your own industry to make yourself more successful and be seen as an expert. Also, she's going to give you tips that you can use the next time you're dealing with the media, and she's going to tell you all the mistakes you probably would make if you are ever in the situation of being interviewed by radio, TV, newspaper, industry magazine, etc., etc. Don't forget, this also applies to social media, because all of us now have a social media following. Nicole, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Thank you very much. Okay, so you've been working with me for a while, and you you get what I do. And so the listeners to the Do Business Better podcast, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, self-employed, uh, they run businesses, they want to run their own business, they want to be better at it. Okay, they deal with the media. Now, they're not like every day getting called up from uh, Wolf Blitzer at CNN, <laughs> but they do deal with the media, and they also have a social media presence. So that's what we're trying to do today. Let's start off by you telling me what a business person can do to help them just as it relates to the media in general. Well, one of the first things, it's kind of like when you're talking about getting customers, you need to let people know you're out there because the media doesn't know you exist unless you let them know that you exist. So you need to maybe go follow some journalists, especially locally. And if it's particular to your industry, some trade magazines, they'll have journalists and go follow them and comment on their social media and let let them get to know you. And then... Once they know you, then they'll think of you more of an expert and probably reach out to you. Yeah, so we're talking all over the place, but like one thing that we know for sure, and you and I, and and probably most other people notice it also, the media tends to be follow the leader. Once you're on with one media outlet, it's pretty easy then to be contacted by a second and a third media outlet because they see that you're on somewhere, whether it's TV, radio, local, national, what have you. So you become, I think the big benefit here is that you become the expert. Isn't that what we're trying to help our listeners do is become the expert? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're an expert in your field, but nobody else does. So you need to let them know. And when you're passionate about what you do and what you talk about, it's easy to become an expert. It's not something you have to train for. If it's something like, you know, about agriculture, so you're passionate about things. So when you talk about it, you talk about it in a way that makes you the expert. All right. So let's just kind of go through all the different scenarios. So the person that's uh, you know listening right now says, okay, how's this apply to me? So in my opinion, I'm seeing that, that you've got the social media presence, you've got the outreach to your own customers, client base and prospective client base. You've got the within the industry, and then you've got the actual mainstream, if you will, media, because something's going on. Either they looked you up because they want your commentary or there's a problem. So let's go ahead and just start with that one. Let's just say you're the, uh, you're the average person here that has a business. And then somewhere in Ohio, <laughs> uh, somebody in your industry just uh, leaked 10 million gallons of, uh, of uh, poison into the 
Lake Erie. And then they say, could this happen here? Right. John, you run a company just like yep. the one over there in Toledo. And now what do you do? You're almost on the defensive. You are. And you've got a little bit of a crisis that you're not even responsible for. But as you're looking at for your own well-being, as well as the industry, you've got to have a positive. So what do you do? Well, transparency is the key because you John say, come out and look and see how it's done. I will show you how it's done and what we have in place to prevent something like this from happening. And this is what, yes, from happening here. And this is what most people do. And usually the thing that happened in Ohio is an anomaly. And some, you know, it's one of these places that didn't take the precautions they should have, but most people don't do that. So bring them out to the farm, bring them out to your business, bring them out to whatever you have and show them the proper way that things are done. So. That's that's like crises stuff. So when mm-hmm. you're in that situation and you're showing them how things are done, now the media wants to turn its own crank. It wants to it wants to push its own story because they know that that's how they sell ads. And I point out all the time, the media is not necessarily your friend, and the media is also not about the truth or the news. The media is a for-profit industry. They are publicly traded companies in many cases, and they want to get advertisers. So they're looking out for themselves, not necessarily for you. So what do you do to make sure that you come across in the best best light well you stay positive and you keep your message and you keep on point with your message and there are reporters who will ask you leading questions and try to get you to say something negative but if you know your stuff and you're honest about what you're doing they're going to have a hard time catching you on something if you're doing the right thing so you sit down ahead of time when this uh, comes up and you, you just need to about five to ten minutes sit down and get real honest with yourself and say what would i tell any person that asked me this question what would i want folks to know and then you jot down your three big points right right because you'll have some time to prepare even if it's something that happens today and they they need an interview that day okay well you still you're still going to have a half hour to an hour to sit down and really think about what you're going to talk about and and it's best then to say here's the three points i want to make these are the three things i want to make sure i get to i communicate because most folks aren't gifted at this media training is uh, obviously not something they've been through a lot of Okay, so what about then when they just need you to be the expert? Um, Hey, there's this thing happening in Washington, D.C., and so we wondered if that's happening here in Anyville, USA. So there you are in Anyville, USA, and you're being talked to. What, What do you do to prepare as the expert commentator? Again, just transparency, but this is your chance when it's not a crisis, when they just want you as an expert to really show off. So you can go and... Talk about what you're passionate about and be open and honest because you don't have to be ready for that curveball of a question that might come your way. I'm not saying it won't, but likely if they're coming to you as, you know, something happened in Washington and we want an expert here to talk about it. Usually if they're coming to you, it's because they know you have expertise in that area. Yeah. Now, one thing that I uh, do if I've been in this situation is I always at least have some data. I mean, I went online, I took that 30 minutes that I had and I found something. Uh, You know what? Turns out that, for instance, I've been talking a lot about uh, sugar. Okay, we have at nine times the amount of incidence of type two diabetes, according to the Centers for Disease Control in a study they just released last year. All of a sudden, when you when you can reference that, you do look like you're actually the expert. So I would recommend that anybody that says, okay, I'm getting called by the media, have a couple of stats. A couple of pieces of data, data points that you can use that is relevant to the story that they're coming to you with. And make sure you have read the story about what they're coming to you with. That's really important. If they call and say this just happened in Washington.
Washington and you don't know what they're talking about, then you're not going to look like an expert and you don't want to reach out yeah, so or that's answer easy. that. That's yes, just easy it's homework. Simple, it's right. like they're going to they're looking you up because this thing happened. So actually, you better know what it is, this thing that it just happened they're talking about. Absolutely. Okay. So some folks are saying, all right, listen, I don't know if I'm ever going to be on CNN. I don't know if I'm ever going to be on Fox News or MSNBC or CNBC or whatever. They're saying, what, what's this mean to me? All right. Let's just say you are an insurance agent or let's say you are a financial uh, advisor, whatever your business might be. There is a trade journal, probably a magazine, and certainly an association that sends out an electronic newsletter for just about every industry, every profession on earth. You can use these publications or emails or newsletters to position yourself by submitting stuff. Give me the recommendation. So somebody's saying, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You can be positioning yourself as the expert by submitting your own articles write or an commentary. Op-ed. Absolutely. Write an op-ed, send it in, keep doing it, even if they don't take it the first time. Also, one of the things, Damien, that is important is you don't have to wait for something someone to call you. You can actually reach out. If you see something in the news, something in your trade that's happening today, and you think, wow, I know I know a lot about that. I could really do something with that. Call the media. They're not opposed to you calling them and saying, here's what I have to offer. Make sure you know what you have to offer. Give them a few very strong points about what you have to offer and why you're an expert. And they will absolutely love that because sometimes it's really difficult for media to find experts, especially in the time frame that you need. And if you call out and reach out first and offer them that, they're more likely to call you than when another situation comes up. Yeah. And they're always looking, they're looking for content and they're looking for somebody that's credible, credible and content, you know, because what you could really do is let's just say you take some example. I don't know. Maybe you could take Wells Fargo was guilty of uh, opening up accounts for other people Mm -hmm. and you say, well, what's that mean to me? I'm not a banker. I'm a financial advisor. You can say, hey, we know that Wells Fargo is doing this. There's an issue of trust here. And so the best part about dealing with a human touch with somebody that's a professional certified financial planner is I get paid a fee. I don't make a rake off of accounts opening, blah, 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 blah. Now, all of a sudden, you've got your story. You took a national story. Wells mm-hmm. Fargo was doing something unscrupulous and you tie it to your industry. It's the old thing of taking a national story and bringing it back to you. And you could then do that within your own trade journal. You could also offer that to the local ABC. CBS uh, and and, and uh, NBC and say, hey, I want you to, I want you to understand this is a story. Now they may not pick up on it, but mm-hmm. after enough times, if you bang on the door saying, I've got this national story and here's how it relates to our industry, everybody has money. That's the thing we're trying to do, right, Nicole? Absolutely. And you make a great point in that there are many angles to a story. So just because, like you said, you're not the bank person, but you have, there's an offshoot of everything that happens and it's going to affect different people in different ways. So if you say, well, here's another way to look at this story and here's what I have to offer for this story. Well, great. If they can do three angles to a story, fantastic. That really gives them the depth that that they need to cover a story. And even if it's not for on camera or, I mean, there's social media there, they have so much to cover these days. It's not like it used to be when it was just, it went on TV or it went into a magazine. They're updating social media constantly. So they always need content. Boy, oh boy, if you just heard that, folks, right over the studio, a fighter jet just flew over. Yes. (laughs) I hope it's one of ours. Okay, so uh, when we're talking about this, one big point as a former media person as you are, and a former booker and producer of media and news media, that is, you need people to be available, then they, they are available, then you find the right expert or you find the person within the industry that you want to talk to. 
what do they do wrong when they get in front of the camera or on the end of a microphone? What do they do wrong? What do people, what do they screw up? Well, a lot of times they get super nervous when the camera is on. So I think part of that is the reporter's job or the camera man's job, camera woman's job is to make people feel comfortable because what they want is to just have a conversation with you and try to make you forget that the camera is there. And people do have to have skills to get that done. So one of the things is just to have a general conversation. Another thing is people will talk too long or talk, give answers that are too short. So that again falls a little back on the reporter to ask the right questions. They're not asking yes or no questions. And you want to elaborate, but not to the point that you are talking in say science and the audience isn't going to understand the things you're talking about. Yeah, so so you go, need to the, make the, them more simple. Yeah. So you, you opened there, you said too long, too short, and then you really said too technical. So let's go with too long. I know that I have a I have a hard time sometimes because I've got so much to share that I've gone a little longer than I probably should. Most folks work in sound bites, attention spans are short. So what's the right length? It depends on the question, but a, a good sound bite is eight to 15 seconds. Okay. And then too short, you said something about asking a one word question. The worst thing in the world is whether you're doing a podcast or a news interview is yes, did you Correct. Uh, what, what did you see? What did you see when you went to such and such? It was dry. Okay, can you give me a little more than that? So really everything is yes or no or it was mm -hmm. dry and then the the observation beyond that. Correct. And that comes back again partially to the reporter asking the question in the right way and asking you to elaborate. Most people if you're an expert in what you're talking about, you're going to get those better sound bites. But when you're it's those man on the street interviews that what did you see? I saw a truck. Okay, well that there was a huge crash that you're really talking about. There was fire, there was all this kind of stuff happening, but you've really got to draw that out of the person. And I was just on an interview on WGN last weekend and I actually at once I thought, "Oh god, I've really gone too long." on this on this answer but it was it was pertinent it just it felt a little long so if i go for 30 seconds is that too much it depends on your media outlet if you're on radio no but if you're on television 30 seconds is a really long time for a soundbite so i would say yes and they will work to cut that down the good thing is that they can edit um most things most interviews you do are not going to be live they are going to be and even if they are they'll be used again later so the editor the reporter they can cut that down and if you have something great to say that's 30 seconds long there's a way to edit that so it can be two 15 second sound bites and with just a, like a little bridge in the middle so i wouldn't concern myself as much on the longer too short is really hard and too technical is very difficult because you're really I know this is hard to believe, but you're really talking to an eighth grade audience. That's when you're in TV media. Now, when in your, you're in your trade mags and things like that, you're talking to your audience and you can be a little more technical. But if you're talking general media, you need to really, I know it sounds horrible, but you need to dumb it down. Yeah. And here's the thing. It sometimes is not dumbing it down. If you ever notice, because I'm a professional communicator, I've been talking on stage for 25 years. I... If I'm talking to the average person and they ask me a question, let's say, about something that's an agricultural business topic, because I've got a lot of history there, I start with, well, you realize these cornfields are not like the corn you eat. And, well, because many people would not right. know that. That's absolutely true. You, you do, but you don't eat it as in corn on the cob. You eat it in processed corn. Food. Right. And so you start at that basics. A lot of folks, no matter what their industry is, whether it's railroads or insurance or what have you, they start saying things like, well, and then this uh, 
and they use industry vernacular yes. and industry vernacular you know the there's not one human outside of the railroad business that knows what an h5-418 <laughs> uh, is it's like oh well yeah that's what we've been using that for years i'm like no nobody knows that nobody knows right. wide gauge narrow gauge uh locomotive vernacular so you always got to remember that you're not talking to folks as you said in the general media or on social media or on a newsletter to folks that know your industry that's absolutely true. And my most recent position was in higher ed. And I learned that very quickly in that there were a lot of higher ed terms that I did not know. So I felt very um, self-conscious going in when people would talk about things, but they have lived it so long yeah, they that they think everybody knows it. It's just they're when they're talking to people in general every day, they're using these words, they're using this vernacular, and they don't realize that they're speaking in ways that most people probably wouldn't understand. Yeah, now that's true. And so we got too long, too short, too technical, getting off point. And this is a thing about ramblers. Again, this is where preparing ahead of time and saying, what are the three things you're going to, if, if, before you even go into a media situation, what are the three things you want everybody to know? Like for, even on social media, I jot down sometimes, what, what do I want to tell people about this issue of um, the gig economy? I right. want to know this, this, and this. And that's really not that hard, isn't it, Nicole, just to jot down your three main points and then the media, they don't care if you're trying to point out three things, do they? No, they don't care at all. And if you want to have that sitting right in front of you to refer to, they're fine with that too because they they, are, they can cover you with what we call B-roll so they can put video over it. So if you're looking at something and reading off something because you're having a hard time, they can figure out a way to use what you're saying, especially if you know you feel really passionate about what you're saying and that you want to say it in the right way. Keep those notes in front of you, but absolutely spend a little time to get ready for the interview. It will make it so much easier. All right, so you were in the media. You were the evil news yes. media. What do I need to know as a business person? I'm out here just doing my job, running my business, and there's this story that my business is poisoning children or my business is bamboozling old people or my industry is harming somebody or something. Maybe that's not even true, but as the media, they've got to have... Uh, if you have something provocative to get people to tune in and pay attention, what do I need to know to avoid being made to look like the bad guy? Well, you can also pick and choose and you can say no to the media. You can absolutely say no. If you go into, if you get a call and you feel like they're just out to get you, absolutely refuse. So really it makes you wonder why anybody would ever go on 60 minutes. <laughs> why would anybody ever go on 60 minutes? Because they've in the history of 60 minutes, they've never made anybody look good. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so you can turn it down, and then, okay, I can't turn it down because I, I think I want to be I want to be the person that answers this. What do I do so I don't look bad? Again, be prepared. I would write down and stick to what you want to say and how you want to say it, and be prepared for those nasty questions. And whatever the negative it is that is out there, those are the questions they're going to ask you. And so you need to be prepared. And like you mentioned earlier, maybe have some stats to back you up because stats you can't it's not opinion yeah right now it's, it's not, not your, feeling it's not your it's commentary not your, it's not your commentary it's, it's not you being defensive correct it's just you giving the data all right so what about then we talked about the this in a lot of different ways so the business person that wants to do business better uh can use the media and we talked about it in terms of okay there's a media outlet that wants you because there's something happening. They mm -hmm. want you as an expert. There's the social media component of it. And then there's the outreach yourself so that you can uh, help build your profile because there's an old statement, 
The only bad, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Right. So what, uh, closing a couple of ideas. I'm a business person out here in, in, uh, in anywhere USA. What do I need to do to help my business when it comes to the media? Make sure you are on social media. That's very important these days. Keep up with the changes. And you talked about following, like you can even keep up with, let's say, uh, some journalist, some local reporter, whatever. You can keep up with them on social media and see what they're, what they're looking for. Absolutely. I would, in fact, I would suggest you do that because these reporters, they're going to be on Facebook. They're going to be on Instagram. They're going to be on Twitter. You need to be following them, especially you can usually get a personality from a journalist as well. And if it's someone you follow that you like what they have to say and you start commenting on their things and start appreciating their things, they're going to turn to you much quicker if you are liking their stuff and positively um, responding to their stuff. So the more you follow them and you can even add your commentary to it it's an open forum so if someone you know they're writing a story on this is what i'm covering today well you can right there on social media say i know about this and just give a quick example right so then uh you're 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 encouraging a business person to stay at i always tell people the one thing is pay attention now i don't even like the media sometimes mm-hmm. i don't like the divisiveness or the way they're just trying to push a story to to get you stirred up but I think it need, whether no matter what you do for a living, you should pay attention. Pay attention to your own industry, but also to other issues that are happening. So that way you are knowledgeable about something and you can see a trend coming. Uh, I also I encourage everybody, you should be contributing in some way to your own industry's uh, forum. If it's on social media or if mm-hmm. it's a magazine or an e-newsletter, because now all of a sudden you're a known entity in that business. And I think that everybody's business, no matter what you do, improves by being known and seen as some sort of an expert. Absolutely. You need to be seen as an expert because you need to be seen. Otherwise, people don't know you're there. And how are you going to grow your business if no one knows you exist? Okay. You said uh, earlier, and we're going to close out with this, things that uh, I see when I watch people uh, on, in, in media saying um and uh, <laughs> saying um and uh, here's my, my tip for folks. If you're being interviewed, it doesn't matter by any type of media anywhere. Just because you are thinking does not mean that your mouth needs to be making noise. You can think to answer a question without going, um, uh, um. That's my <laughs> pettest peeve. Your pettest peeve, Nicole. Oh, well, mine is not so much in the interview, but when you're on social media and you are writing, grammar and spelling errors are my biggest pet peeve ever. Yeah, so I had someone about two months ago that said, you, you're an idiot. <laughs> They told me they, they, question, they questioned my education and then mm-hmm. told me because they didn't like my point. They d- wondered if I ever had actually gotten a degree in agricultural economics and then they you know, like degraded me and my education, then also closed up by saying, you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R. And I only, I copied it to the back and said, I really appreciate your commentary. <laughs> if you're going to question someone else's uh, intelligence or uh, their smarts, you should at least get the right tense of the word you are. <laughs> Absolutely. And nothing can make you not look like an expert any quicker than writing you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R, or simple grammar mistakes, spelling mistakes. 
Okay, so uh, those are your thoughts on on media. Uh, closing ideas, uh, you know, anywhere USA business person says, hey, I appreciate this. I want to be able, I want to be confident if I ever have to talk to my industry trade journal or the local media comes out here to my place of business. Uh, any other ideas or thoughts they need to know? Just spend a little time getting to know what you're going to talk about, as we've talked about before. Um, And I would definitely follow those journalists, follow those uh, reporters from your trade magazine, see what they have to say. And the more that you see what they have to say, then you know that you're a better fit for them. So you just keep following. And and like you said, too, I'm reading constantly every day, keeping up with the news. No, I don't like it all. It's not all great. But keep up with what's going on, because there will be something that affects you or affects your customers. Yeah. And just about everything can be brought back to your own business. You, You know, that's one of my things with my speaking is I take this thing that somebody kind of heard about and then I say mm-hmm. here's why it matters to you boom 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 connect three dots and then use the example in the data and that's really a good speech topic uh, is the same thing as a good social media post is a good thing as the same as a newsletter is a good thing as a good interview it's all about here's the issue connect the dots draw it back to you why it matters to you or your business and now all of a sudden it is relevant because relevant is the point that I was going to make actually I know I was going to wrap up but I got to point out one other thing they taught me back when I was in radio the CRE and I still use this you can drive down the road and you can put your radio station on scan and it can just bob around. You're going to stop the radio on a station that compels you. What compelled you to stop and listen to that one? Then relevant. That's the second one. CRE, compelling, relevant, entertaining. Relevant. You'll stay tuned in because it matters to you. And then you'll tune in again tomorrow because there's some level of entertainment factor. Entertaining doesn't mean ha-ha. It doesn't mean singing a song. Entertainment means it actually appeals to you and it's got enough entertainment that we live in an entertainment based society i mean for god's sakes look around so cre i tell everybody remember the cre make sure that whatever you have to say is compelling it's relevant to the listener and there's enough of an entertainment factor whether it's a story or a stat that's all entertainment it's actually something that makes people pay attention absolutely that sounds like i need to remember cre myself Got it. Until next time, thanks for joining us. That was your media training and how you could be better at it. This is the Do Business Better podcast.